right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilton studio. We got a special guest from all the way out in the great state of Utah coming on tonight. Brian Marsing from Baku Electric Bikes is coming on, and he's going to tell us all about what they got in store. So y'all stay tuned. new things with the music i hope y'all like it and i hope everybody's tuned in and ready for a good night special guest in the house in studio with us tonight james turner's gonna come on and be a special guest host while cody's still out west chasing whatever he's doing he may be on a jet airplane headed back here in as we speak i don't know i hadn't talked to him nick good to see you man glad to have you here what's going on with you do anything much, exciting over the weekend no i didn't no, no hunting no oh yeah i did go rabbit hunting one night one time let me tell you first it was of, cold well, it was well. It was cold where I was at too. Went all the way up to Tennessee, Clinch River. The Brunson boys welcomed us in with open arms. The whole D board crew went out there. Uncle Wibber and Dad, Bradley went with us. Got to put an old song dog to sleep. I seen that. Hey, the old six five Grendel is still getting it done. Shot Came right range in. to heard. Oh yeah, forty yards. It was not a long range shot by any stretch of the imagination. So James, thanks for being here with us tonight. We appreciate you coming over. We hope you enjoy it and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Glad to be here. Appreciate it, fellas. Without further ado, I ain't gonna waste no time getting right into this. Brian, we got you on the line, man. How you doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Stoked to be a part of it. So, Brian, I want to give a little backstory on how I actually got in touch with you. Um, I went through, uh, I guess, some emails that I was getting when I was doing some research on the electric bikes that I had thought about purchasing, and I'd got in touch with one of your partners that is in Italy, right? Yeah, so we have we have multiple dealers throughout the industry within the United States and throughout the world, and, and that specific gentleman, uh, E-Bike Generation, does a really good job of marketing, and so that's that's how he landed you to get in contact with us. Yeah, I sent John an email, and it was on a, I think on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and he sent me back an email, and it was like three thirty in the morning, and it would actually been <laughs> like way earlier in the evening for him. And I was like, man, this guy gets up extremely early to get on the box or whatever. So he got me in touch with you, and I couldn't be any more thankful for that because after the conversation you and I had, it was a, it was a nice conversation to learn how you guys are putting those e boxes to use out there, and. You know, we're not going to only talk about e-bikes. We're going to go through everything under the sun because we love talking mule deer and elk hunting with anybody, and we definitely want to hear some of those stories from you. But, you know, give us a little rundown, of, you know, about Brian. Tell everybody that's that's here in the southeast what, you know, what kind of hunting you do and, you know, really where you got your start in it all. Oh, man, that's awesome. No, we again, thank you for you guys for having us on. Um, yeah, I'm I'm 35, almost 36 years old. I'm married with three boys, eight, five, and, and two years old. Um, avid archer. Uh, my whole life, we're, I'm like a, a third, fourth generation archer in our family. I've only archery hunted in Utah um, for mule deer and and elk, and uh, it's it's just been a lot of fun out here. I mean, as a kid growing up, we my dad's nickname was Deer Slayer. He would back in the day when you could shoot multiple deer and use your buddy's tags way back when he would come back on his motorcycle with a couple deer behind his his backside on the backside of the motorcycle with a couple two points <laughs> cruising in and and uh, he'd all do it with the longbow so oh so um, he was great he was great traditional archery yeah my grandpa was a traditional archer he would do rifle hunting as well and then we had some some longbows uh, growing up practicing and stuff and then we got into 
my first bow was a was a Hoyt. It was so long. I mean, I'm a short guy. I'm only five foot eight at best with some good shoes on. But <laughs> sounds like James we, uh, over here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> James gets it, man. It's hard to shop for us guys in the camo world. I hear you. I don't want to hear that. Uh, Try to no. shop for 150 and six three. I right, you can't find <laughs> nothing that fits lengthwise. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, my first bow, man, was the draw length was so long. I had to hold it like mid draw. Uh, growing up with my dad, he's like, I'm not buying you a bow until I know that you're really into this stuff. And yeah, lo and behold, we're, we've gone through multiple brands and stuff. And that's all we do is we eat, sleep and drink mule deer hunting. And if we get lucky and draw an elk tags out here in Utah. So we, we love it. It's what we do. Yeah. And we've kind of heard from, you know, the, the breakdown with our episode with Shad Brunson that lives in Utah. He gave us a rundown on how hard it is to get certain tags in certain zones, and we've started doing research into which zone we want to go to if we ever have the opportunity to go out to Utah to hunt. Now, are you in the southern part or the northern part? I'm in the northern part. I'm up in the mountains. It's called the Uinta Mountains. I'm in a small town called Camas, uh, just up above a town called Park City in Heber where the Olympics were in 2002. So I'm up here in the mountains where everybody and their dog likes to hunt um, and uh, off of the Wasatch Front in the Salt Lake Valley where people come up to. But it is. It's tough. It's tough to draw. Um, mule deer, you can you used to be able to buy a tag over the counter the day of or even mid-season. Now they're sold out as soon as you get to put in um, even the archery tags. Um, elk, there are over-the-counter elk tags, um, but those are tough spots these elk are smart i mean just last year i was on an open uh open bull unit with my bow i was bordering a limited entry unit which is a unit that would take about 10 years to draw and i was letting out a bugle and a cow call and i had two or three bulls screaming across the highway where cars would pass by and they would never come over so yeah it's it's a it's hard it's hard to draw a good elk tag here in utah but when you do my brother drew him last year. It took him 18 or 19 years, and he shot a he shot a double beam giant bull. Um, it, it 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 scores either 360 or 420. We don't care what the score is. Oh wow, he's big enough. <laughs> that is Absolutely. a monster. That yep. is a monster bull for anywhere. So, and Chad went into that with us on those covenant zones. He actually drew his. The zone he had been waiting for, and it was a once-in-a-lifetime, uh, 17 years he had waited to draw for it and actually was unsuccessful harvesting, so that was the end of that for him. Yeah, it's tough, man. When you go when you go tag soup on waiting that long, it's, it's, it's a real tough battle. I couldn't imagine having that in Georgia. Can you imagine if you had to wait 19 years to kill a whitetail? No. No. Oh, that'd be tough. And I've never whitetail hunted, so I people talk to me. I, I've never hunted. I've hunted private property once uh, on on a on a farm field, but I've never outside of that that one year. I we've never we, we don't even know what it's like to hunt on private property, but that's that's crazy to us. We got a buddy. I don't know exactly what the city he's in. Shad Brunson. He's become pretty much a, a I guess a top fan of the show and a, and really a good friend. I talked to Shad once or twice a week and through a chance encounter on a, a crossbow for him. He and I were both in an injury and had a, to get crossbows to hunt with, and we've developed a friendship. So, 
you might have to jump on an airplane, uh, get on board, and come out here, get on some <laughs> whitetail hunting with him. We could definitely see if we couldn't arrange that in the future. Yeah, you don't have to twist my arm too much on that one. I just got to get the okay from the better half. <laughs> well, we <laughs> Always. Under, we understand that, too. We do. We do. So, so, you know, take me back to how many years did it take you to get into the idea that you would start developing a, a bike for hunting? Right. So, you know, I, so I oversee our marketing. So I, I wasn't the brains behind the business, but our two owners, Brian Child and Dave Andre, um, it really came to fruition when they were going and, uh, elk hunting and mule deer hunting here in Utah. And they're like, man, what can we do to get to that ridge that's four ridges over? Cause everything in Utah is deep and deep. And, you know, they're like, what can we do to get there quicker without, you know, exhausting all of our energy and bikes popped in the mind a lot of people use mountain bikes not everybody but you know mountain bikes work but you're still using all the force and power of your body to get you there um and so they went down this 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 awesome rabbit hole of let's create a cool bike and there's other companies out there that came out before we did um a couple of them are big big uh competitors in the industry and 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 we kind of was watching that as well. And, and we wanted our, our guys, one of our owners background, he's a cyclist. And so he's, he's won a couple of races, some big time races here out West on his bike. And so we know bikes really well. Um, and so that's, what's really set us apart. So when we knew that we were going to come out with this idea and, and this, you know, the Baku bike, we wanted to make sure we had the best bike out there. And so it took a lot of time to research and develop and, and come out with the right models that we came out with. And to be honest and transparent, one of them's a doctor. One of the owners is a doctor, and he had multiple clinics and stuff and sold a few of those because Baku has done well. And the other one owned a business of 20 years, and Baku's taken off. And so, and then my background is finance of 15 years, and I did marketing and sponsorships um, before that as well. And so none of us ever thought that we'd be working for a bike company in the hunting industry, and it's, it's been a good ride. So you got, you know, into it with these guys and with Baku, what is the, you know, brands that people might recognize outside of um, Baku as far as the the models of bikes or whatever that you guys put out? Yeah, so it's definitely the fat tire model, right? So anything that's got a fat tire out there, um, there's there's multiple companies out there that are coming to the game for that. Um, You know, the first one was Quiet Cat that came out and then Rambo about the same time soon to follow. And then there's some other ones that are more urban style bikes looking to get into the market. Um, you know, but what's, what's been exciting to be part of Baku is I, number one, I hope that all of us companies are on the same page to help educate the public about the benefits of e-bikes, you know, and, and we all are competing for the same customer. That's for sure. But at the end of the day, there's laws and regulations on these things. And so hopefully we're all, coming to the table together and 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 helping you know lighten that that load and the rambo bike that's probably one of the ones that's been seen most in the public eye or the one that i recognized you know when i first got to see it on your website yeah yep so rambo yeah they they their bikes are similar to ours there's so there's some differences in the components and stuff that's kind of what sets bikes apart but yeah that's the company that's been around for for a little bit gotcha what's brown what separates your bikes from the others yeah so really for us we to be honest i've never rode i've never rode their bikes and so we always say hey we 
you know, we're not going to say anything bad about it to other companies. Um, that's, that's our model. Um, you're never going to hear about that. But what we do know is, is how well our bikes are built. We know what our customers are saying. We know what our dealers are saying. And what our customers and dealers are saying is we're a five-star company. Um, our customer service, first and foremost. The difference in the bikes itself, our base model for our mule and our storm, which is our, our mid-drive mule and our full suspension storm that has the mid-drive motor as well. We use steel gearing in our motors. Um, a lot of the other e-bikes out there in the industry and outside of the industry are using mid-drive motors, but they have nylon gearing. And so those can overheat. It's a little bit louder. They could strip out a lot quicker with the torque and the amount of power that these motors have. And so our bikes and our motors that we use in those two models with the steel gearing is really what sets us apart, as well as our components, quad piston brakes on our bikes now, on all of our bikes, um, and the RockShox full suspension, mid suspension on that full suspension bike is, is a big key indicator. Um, the, the we four inch Maxxis Minion tires, um, the whole, the whole, everything that we use is high end stuff, 6061 aluminum frame. That's what the military uses. And there's other companies out there that uses that frame as well. But it really comes down to the motor and the overall components and build of the bike and our frame and then our customer service. And a lot of dealers sell multiple brands and multiple bikes, and they're, they're selling um, more Bakus than anything else is what they're telling us. What's, what's the maintenance on, on something like that? And does yeah, it really does it, not does much it, at all. Does it change from model to model, or is it pretty standard across all, all the models? Pretty standard, like a typical bike. My biggest thing that I tell people, ride these bikes like a bicycle and have a good time. Don't ride them like a motorcycle. <laughs> they're, not, they're not built to be a motorcycle, so, um, but they can still do it. And so the maintenance really is just greasing, greasing the chain, um, keeping things clean and debris-free on the cogs and the, and the cassettes and everything. Um, maintaining the right PSI in, in the shocks as well as the tires. Um, it, it's it's pretty dang basic. And then we cover, we have a great warranty on our motors and stuff, on our batteries. The, the maintenance on the batteries is just trying to keep them warm. So if you're in cold weather, uh, you know, keep those things inside. Um, we are coming out with a really cool product to help maintain these batteries. So stay tuned on that. But we, uh, to keep those things at high performance. But yeah, we're, it, they're, they're simple. So if I've got, you know, a, a bike that I'm going out on a, I don't know, a weekend trip and I'm going to use it for an extended period of time, what's the, you know, time frame as far as miles go that you're seeing getting on most of the models of bike? I know it varies with, you know, whichever, uh, whichever yeah. bike you get, but which one would be, what's a, what's a standard distance that I could go on one of your bikes? Yeah, I can give you, yeah, honestly, it depends. There are variables. It depends on what you weigh. It depends on, you know, the terrain that you're in. So I did a test on our bike and I did this as a customer. I went to up here in the UNS, it was about 9,800 feet above elevation. And I'm like, oh, where, where I grew up hunting, I'm like, I want to ride this bike. And I'm going to go 17 miles and I'm going to go from one side of the highway to the other side of the highway. And I filmed it and documented it and put it on, put it on our videos. And I, I went, I went about 17 miles and we have it on my full suspension. It's a 17.4 amp hour battery and going uphill, downhill, using throttle on occasion, using high pedal assist. I still had about 48% battery left. So 
So I was going to be able to go around 34 to 36 miles on that, on that battery. Wow. So rule of thumb, we have three different sizes of batteries. We have a 14.5, we have a 17.4, and we have a 21. I can go for my size about two miles per amp hour. So on the 21, I could go over 40 miles. That's a pretty good stroll. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. So g- going into you know the maintenance portion of it, and I hear a lot of people talk about the bikes, I want to know if you go out to hunt a piece of ground and you've rode your bike in and you've got a hike or a walk or whatever it may be, and I know out west you guys don't really stand hunt that much. You do a lot of spot and stalk, but if yeah. I wanted to protect that bike, I, I'm assuming I would just chain it to a tree. Is there, you know, is there something you guys yeah. go over with people about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely chain it to a tree. Um, lay it down on the on the non derailleur side. Um, we we do do some stand hunting out here, and so what I do is I just I lay it down. I actually have a mesh camo. I don't even know what you call it, a blanket or something. But I'll just lay my bike down and and uh, cover it in some camo cloth <laughs> that I have, and then I'll go on a hike. But just don't forget where you lay your bike when you come back. <laughs> I guess, you, yeah, that'd be my problem. I'd take the pedals off of it and put the battery in my bag and get back, and I'm about, uh-oh, I left that at the top of the tree or something. I'd have to walk back in and get it. Yeah, I was up in Idaho, and I forgot where I left my bike. And it's dark, and I'm like, oh, it's got to be right here. I was about two canyons away. You uh, so, you do a lot of traveling out over there as far as when when you're hunting and stuff, or do you just mainly hunt in Utah? I hunt in Utah is primary, but I go to Idaho. I've been to Colorado. Um, I've got a bunch of points for Wyoming. Um, but Utah is a great state, man. It's It's got a lot of great access, um, a lot of great trails. I mean, I even took my bike last year. I have a side-by-side Polaris, and I I didn't put one mile and I'm, I, I was shocked because every hunt I usually put about 100 and 150 miles on my side by side, and I rode my bike on the main road just because it was quiet, it was peaceful. These deer haven't figured it out. I would I would drive by some does and some smaller bucks, and they would just stare at me like wondering what I was. If I had my side by side, they're out. So it's it's kind of funny to to see these these uh, tendencies of these deer. Brian, do you see a growing market in the southeast or um, maybe the Midwest where it's a little bit flatter and people aren't having to use that? Yeah, so we are. Uh, we we have a model called the Flatlander, really for your guys' area. Um, we've got it's it's a rear hub motor, and so it's a seven fifty watt motor, um, and it's built for flat land and rolling hills. It's not built to climb deep, steep mountains. And, and I, I did my research too on Georgia and other states. Georgia now right now has, has a law and don't quote me verbatim on it, but their e-bike laws, you can have, there's three different classes, but Georgia for the most part is a class one territory where you can't have an e-bike larger than 750 watts on certain trails. Um, and that Flatlander is a 750 watt motor. Our other bikes can go down to 750 watt as well. So yeah, the market's growing really in the 50 to 60, 70 year old uh, market. Um, it's getting guys back in the game. They're having fun. They're like, wow, I can ride a bike to a stand, and otherwise I can't really walk to, or I'm t- too tired to do it. And so we're, it's it's growing rapidly, uh, especially in that age group. Yeah, and you told me something on the phone the other day that I hadn't even considered that. 
guys that had had knee surgeries or had injuries that couldn't get out and hunt anymore. It was really opening up a new door for them to be able to get that back out there. Oh yeah. A buddy of mine, he, his, he bought a bike from us and his dad hadn't been out hunting for about three years cause he's had a bad knee and he, he videoed his dad's, he pulled the bike out of the truck. Um, and he, the dad hopped on the bike and he hit the throttle and he just, he got to the stand within like two minutes. <laughs> my buddy's like, well, I guess my dad stole my bike. And, but the guy was just, he felt like a kid again and he was able to get out. It didn't hurt any of the feet. I mean, people always say that these bikes could hurt the environment. They, they do nothing to hurt, hurt anything. And so, um, it, it's just a great tool. That's pretty neat to see, you know, people gaining interest in it, uh, that age group because, I mean, they're the, like you and I talked about, they're the foundation of what we're trying to do out yep. there in the in the woods, and they're teaching us things that we're never going to get back. We're going to have that stuff lost. So it's it's pretty neat to see those guys get out there and be able to do it again just by getting on a bike like when they were a kid. And uh, it uh, it definitely definitely shows very well for y'all's brand. So, Hey, Brian, well, we this is James. <clears throat> I had, a, hey, had James. a quick question for you. So, uh Back to the bike itself, as far as a battery, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with like Polaris Ranger EV, of course, uh, you know, battery powered uh, side by side, but what, what type of length and years would you expect to get out of a bike like yours? Uh, three, yeah. four, five years? 800 to a thousand discharges. So, you know, full charge down to complete depletion, um, 800 to a thousand times. Oh, and, wow. uh, as far as years, a man, it just translate that to how often you ride it. Um, I, you know, based on, I, I would say, you know, longer than five years for sure. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate that. And then yeah, good question. W- when the bike's in storage, say in the off season, maybe you're not using it quite as much. Uh, what, what, what are you, what are you looking to do? Is that thing just sitting there? Do you keep it on like a trickle charge? Uh, what, what's the process there? Yeah. I just bring in my, I bring in my battery inside the house just to keep it at a, at a room temp during the winter months. And then I can take it out to ride during the winter as well still. Okay. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ever recommend it just sitting out in a garage in cold weather. These batteries are built to protect themselves. And so when you are, when the battery's super cold and you start, you know, accessing and, and you and pedaling this bike, the battery could shut down kind of like what your iPhone would do in severe cold temps. It's not because it's broken. It's doing it to protect the battery and okay. the longevity of the battery. And so that's the, that's where the key is, is to make sure you keep that battery at a good temp. Gotcha, gotcha. And, hey, one last question. <clears throat> this is more of a selfish question than anything going back to uh, hunting around Utah. <laughs> so I've uh, I've actually been putting in uh, for Utah for the last 11 years myself for, for elk, uh, limited entry elk and awesome. deer. Uh, along with a good buddy of mine, Jason Lewis, who was on some uh, earlier episodes. But anyways, we've got about 11 points for each of those. What would you recommend being the the best unit, uh, let's just say for elk, uh, in, in the state of Utah for a non-resident hunter? Wow, man. Um, you're getting my opinion, which there is way better people out there to get that <laughs> answer from. Um, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm a redneck at heart myself, but um <laughs> Man, my brother just threw my brother threw the Dutton, and it was mm-hmm. he's the one that shot that giant bull last year. Um, it, it, that that's a good unit, but there's better ones. The Boulder, okay. the Boulder right now has been a 
fantastic unit for some big, big elk. Uh, some of the biggest elk in Utah have been shot off the boulder, which is across the highway from the Dutton, and that's like central south Utah. Okay. San Juan is my dream. The San Juan unit is, is something that I've always wanted to hunt. Um, growing up as a kid, it seemed like every 400-inch bull came off of the San Juan. Um, that's a southeastern unit. Yeah, that um, one. That one's kind of been our, on our radar as the number one location, but it seems in yeah. as as time goes on, you start encountering some of that point creep, you know. So when we started yep. doing this eleven years ago, you know, you could you could get drawn when the San Juan in say twelve or thirteen years. Now it's crept on up to to twenty and twenty one years, and oh, so we're yeah. we're just looking at ourselves and we're like, you know, do we really want to wait another ten years? And then when ten years comes, it could be twenty five, twenty six points. Y'all be yeah, hunting an e bike yes. by that time. <laughs> Y'all be, I know. We're gonna, we're gonna be in a well, wheelchair. Well, when you do that, give us a call. We'll get you on some bikes. There you um, go. <laughs> but dude, honestly, like here, here's my brothers and I. We, I mean, we're we're in Utah and we've hunted, and ate, sleep, and drinking this stuff our whole life, and we're still learning. My my rule of thumb is all about the date. Okay. So when you focus on the date for elk, like September 18th through the end of September, because Utah shifts those every five or six or seven years. And so focus on the date. So my brother last year for the Dutton, he was like prime time dates for the muzzleloader. Okay. The archery was, I felt bad for any archer that drew the archery because that hunt for the limited entry tag ended on September 11th. Oh, no. So it so started in ended, August then, right? Started in August, wow. yep. Started mid-August, all velvet, and then they started to rub in September. But the heat, dude, it's been so warm. And so you've got, yeah, the guys that drew that. So this year they just reset it. So I drew my tag in Utah, limited entry, 12 years ago. Took me, It took me like seven years to draw. And it was a it was an archery up here at the Wasatch unit, which is the easiest one to draw, but it still takes time. Mm-hmm. And then you have to wait five years to put back in, even for a point. So it's been twelve years since I've drawn, and finally I have six points, and I'm at like seventy five percent, eighty percent draw chance for Wasatch archery. But wow. they set the dates now. My hunt's going to end, and it's funny that I'm even excited about this. But if I draw, it's going to end on September seventeenth which is way better than the 11th. So I'm excited, but it's also still a, it's still a bad date for an archer. Right. Yeah. Um, no kidding. So is Utah all the about only, the dates, man. Is I, Utah the only state that you're putting in for right now? Uh, no, I've got, um, so other states don't really do the point system. I, from what I understand, again, there's going to be Western hunters listening to this and saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't think Idaho does points for the most part. It's a luck of the draw. Wyoming I do. So Wyoming I have seven points elk and I've got seven points of deer and there's some killer Wyoming points. Um, I could draw right now in, in like the Yellowstone area, but if I see a grizzly bear, I'm running home. <laughs> <laughs> so certain no areas doubt. in the wilderness, you've got to have a guide, but I'd rather go to a place that doesn't have grizzly. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you on that. Hey, going back so, to the bike on, um, does do you does it come with attachments? Uh, maybe for you know you guys don't use tree stands out there, but um, I don't guess you do. But does it come with tree yeah. stand, bow, gun holders? Yep, it does. Yeah, so we've got a bow and a gun rack holder. We we currently use the Gator Grip, is what it's called. 
company out there and and the gator grip is awesome we mount it to our handlebar so i can mount my bow um i even had my 300 ultra mag on my rack uh uh for for a rifle hunt um out of state and and it i mean it it holds it real solid real tight we our bikes come with a, a pannier rack on the back um we also sell trailers which is awesome so you can attach trailers to these bikes and haul out your gear haul out your meat haul out your animal um haul in your camping gear, haul in your tree stand. We also just partnered with Forerunner Blinds. And uh, so they built a blind with wheels and a hitch for our bike. We're getting somewhere now, boys. We're getting somewhere now. We can find some guys Dude. in Georgia going down the streets. <laughs> nah, I don't know. That's <laughs> Dude, where you go check out four. Go check out Forerunner Blinds. And I think it's F-O-R-E, Runner Blinds. And it's... So we're partnered with them, dude, and it's it's hilarious. I went and test rode it on our Flatlander, mounted the hitch to the back rack, and I was bombing ten to fifteen miles an hour with the blind behind me. <laughs> and then when you get to your spot, these tire these wheels, you just pull out a lever and the wheels just pull down. So now you're sitting there, lay your bike behind the blind, and now you're sitting in the blind. It's it's awesome. That is cool. <laughs> like I found me a new toy. I'm gonna have to look into there. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> absolutely so i got a question that comes up you know from in my own mind when i'm thinking about the box and james kind of touched on a few that i wanted to talk about but give us a load rating as far as the the, the poundage you know that that bike can carry with and out without pedal assist yeah so we we haven't had any issues with our frames of our bikes or any capacity issues and we have guys that have been on there with full pack and everything 300 350 pounds um, I, I weigh 170. I can easily have my, you know, a 50, 60, 70, 80 pound pack, whatever my shoulders can handle. And my bike's going to perform just fine. Um, the trailers, the trailers as well, um, that we, that we have certain trailers have different capacity, but I mean, I was able, my mule deer this year, I was able to, to fill dress it and put the whole mule deer in my trailer and, and ride it back to camp. Um, That's pretty impressive. I mean, <laughs> very impressive. You could throw a whole white tail on there, no problem. <laughs> and that trailer is just like—is it? How much effort are you putting in to helping that bike? Yeah, but like yeah, pedaling. when it's yeah, loaded pedaling. with a trailer. Yes. Yeah, it's not bad. So our bike has five levels of assist. So one level one being the the minimal and the easiest amount of assist, up to level five, like. Put a Lance, Lance Armstrong behind you, and he's going to help propel you, right? Um, honestly, pulling a trailer with the deer, I was probably level assist three. Um, and so I still had plenty of opportunity if I wanted more assist to to give that to me. But I, I was not fully maxed out at all pulling that mule deer out. That's with a, Yeah, that's with a mule deer. That ain't – we could pile four or five Georgia does in there yeah, and I mean, uh, haul them out. <laughs> Just haul, yeah. Just, just put those does on the back rack. You don't need a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> put it on your back like a backpack. So the tra- yep. how's the terrain as far as riding those over versus I guess maybe how's the tires hold up and if if we were back in a long ways off the trail and we had a flat, I guess we would be pushing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to be prepared for that, right? Yeah. So these are still bikes. They still have tubes in them. We do sell. We do have tire liners for our bikes. We have. 
a product called Flat Out. It's a preventative flat adhesive on that um, that you can insert into the tubes. But you also need to be prepared for for those situations. And so having an extra tube, having the toolkits with you to be able to change the tire tube if you need to, that's always advisable. No, no company should ever say that these things are bulletproof by any means. So be prepared. But when you're in, when you're in tough terrain, um, what's another cool feature of our bike, we have a walk assist mode. And so you can hop off the bike and if you're in an area that has boulders or logs or stumps or anything that you're trying to climb over or get over, you know, from a fallen tree, you just hold down this button on our bike and it's going to self propel itself over whatever it needs to go over. So you're not pushing anything. I got you. So it's pretty awesome. I got you. So, all right. Now we went through these box, Brian, and I, I, <laughs> you know, we could sit here all night and talk about the box and, you know, like I told you on the call when when I first got in touch with you, give me give me your first hunt on the bike in, in which you brought it out, and what changed the whole game for you, and what made you you know realize okay, this is it, this is the the moment that I've been waiting for with the bike, and you know I know you said it made you almost like a kid again, but what was the you know the one hunt that it really set in stone for you? I'm a bike guy, and this is how I'm going to do it from now on, and this is this is how I want to carry myself in the industry. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an easy one. It was a hunt up up in the backcountry, and on top of this ridge, I've hunted it for five or six years, and it it allowed e bikes, and it, it was non motorized, but it had to be 750 water below, and so I bought this bike as a customer, and this area I've been hunting, I was able to hike. People that say they hike 10 miles, 8 miles out west, I'll, I'll call bluff on them every time. No one <laughs> no one hikes that and hikes back out within an evening hunt. It's just not possible. Um, and so I was hiking about 2 miles and, you know, going down a couple ridge lines, and glassing a couple canyons. But, man, on, on Onyx maps that we use out here, there was untouched virgin territory that – and it had the, the the old road that goes all the way to the ridge line, but I just didn't I couldn't hike that far and get there in time and then hike back out in the dark. And I went, I pulled my bike up there. First time I bought the bike, I bought it a month before. Take take it up there, had it in the back of my side by side, unloaded it, and I went about seven or eight miles, about seven and a half miles in twenty eight minutes that otherwise would have taken me three and a half hours, three hours to get there. And I had three canyons behind me, three canyons in front of me that I highly doubt has been touched by many people. Um, And when I was able to do that and see the deer and the animals that I saw, I was like, game over, like sign me up. Let me, I need to get involved in this industry. Um, Mainly, you know, for the area, for the reasons that I stated before, like getting people in the game, like getting my dad, who's 65 years old out there in the mountains as well and keeping him active. And, um, that, that was the moment for me on that hunt. And then the next year I shot my, uh, my biggest archery velvet mule deer and being able to throw that whole thing in a trailer and not even using my side-by-side and hauling the mule deer out. And then my nephew shot a buck, and he used the bike and pulled it out. My other nephew shot a buck. 
And then my brothers got bucks on the Wasatch extended archery. And we, we used the bikes on all of these deer with trailers. And it was, we were laughing because every time you shoot an animal, what do you say? The work starts now. That's right. Mm-hmm. And with, with the bike, nope, let's just clean it up, throw it in the trailer. We're done. Let's just get back to camp. So it's just, it, it keeps, it keeps it fun. And, uh, and it keeps you active and, and you don't have to exert too much energy. Yeah. That's a game changer for sure. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's crazy. And so, yeah, that's, and people notice that we've had a lot of really cool partners come up and, and working with us. And, and it's been, it's been real exciting to see our partners get behind us and help support us as well. How exciting was it when you started getting those partners, Brian? I know you guys have put in a lot of effort and time into getting this stuff out there and, you know, promoting it yourselves, but when you first started getting those partners, you know, that had to be just an exhilarating experience. It is man. Cause you grew up watching these guys, right? Like you grew up, you, I grew up watching the crush. I grew up watching so many people on the sportsman's and the outdoor channel and all of these YouTube sensation type groups of guys that, and gals that hunt. And you know, when your phone rings or you reach out to them and you're both equally excited about this partnership, um, because it's a, they get, these guys get hit up like, and we do too, but these guys get hit up nonstop, you know, begging them to use a product on their show or something like that. And, and for them to be able to reach out to us and say, man, we want to work with you guys. These bikes are game changers. Um, it's probably the coolest part of my job. I love it. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, we, we talk about all the time. People's like, have you talked to this person? Have you talked to that person? I'm like, no, you know, we're trying not to, we, we want to be different as far as not bothering people. And it's hard to, hard to do sometimes because you want to have people on and talk about it. So it was, it was one thing when I, when I reached out to John, you know, he, he made it more than a, more than, you know, willing to get me in touch with you guys out there and, and talk about this product. Cause it is something that to me is going to be a game changer for the, for the rest of hunting from here on out. There's going to be so many companies when those bikes start dropping, of course, Greg Ritz and, uh, um, everybody on whitetail freaks, they use those, some type of e-bike and they, they, people are getting more and more involved in wanting to know about them. And the product that you guys are putting out, you're not, you're hunters, you're not bike guys and you are bike guys on the back of the scenes, but you're field testing everything y'all put out there. And that's just a neat thing to see the people y'all are partnering with and having the opportunity to talk with you is just it's been very exciting for me to get you guys on um, to talk about this stuff because the people you're partnering with are some of the top names in the industry, and if they've shown the interest in it, it, it had to boast well for what you guys are doing. And like I said, I'll, I'm going to probably say it 15 times before this episode's over. I sure appreciate you taking your time to come on and be with us. No, man, no, again, the, we, we are grateful to be part of this as well. And, and really, honestly, the, the hunting industry is small. It's a small circle, and it comes down to relationships and the one thing that you guys will hear myself say and, and our owners will say over and over again, when we talk partners and we talk about these sponsorships or these partnerships or contracts or whatever it is you want to call it with deliverables or assets and stuff like that, the number one focus is relationship. Like we want, we want to be able to have a conversation with you guys and see how you and your family doing first and foremost. And, and that, that's from the bottom of our heart. Like, that's really who we are. And, and then, you know, the business comes second. But hopefully the business is natural because of the, of the relationship that was built. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, 
there's partners that in the industries out there that are like that. They're just genuine, good, good, good people. And, and then there's other people out there that strictly business and that's okay too, but you can only go so far, you know? And, and so building those relationships and understanding that the industry is small and word gets out there, man, you just got to treat everyone with, with mutual trust and respect and you'll go a long way. It's definitely making a swing back to that mutual respect thing from, from what I see in the industry, from what we've went through over the last few years where everybody's bash, bash, bash and jealous this and jealous that. And everybody's trying to compete to kill a bigger deer, a bigger elk or a bigger, (laughs) bigger mule deer. And it's, it's such a competitive game that we're in, uh, as hunters that, a lot of times people lose focus on that, you know, that root cause of why they went. You said your 65-year-old father's getting out there and going hunting with you. And, you know, my 56-year-old dad gets to go with me. And that, that's some of the best memories of my life. And, you know, we're all fortunate and blessed. I still have those people around to go with. And getting these e-bikes mm-hmm. out there is, is something that you made mention of the other day that really res- resonated with me that it was going to stay. It could keep them in the game a lot longer than what 10 years ago it could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really kind of what we're trying to share with, with every state in the, in the U S and these decision makers when the right now, social media makes hunting, the hunting industry look ginormous and it is, it's big, but it makes it, it makes it feel bigger than it really is. And so when, when these baby boomers, when they pass on and, 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 you know, the next generation is up, that's a lot of hunters that, that step out of the game. And so these decision makers, if they really are cognitive and an understanding of the importance of keeping them in the game, these e-bikes are just a tool to do that, to help them do that. And, um, you know, otherwise, if we just keep trying to regulate everything, it, it, it it's a slippery slope. It makes it really tough. I mean, here in Utah right now, we're going through a bill trying to ban trail cameras um, throughout the whole state. And, it's you know there's there's people on both sides of the fence it's it's a it's a heated debate right now and you know at the end of the day it's it's uh i mean my dad it took him i think 16 years to draw his elk tag i only have two trail cameras and i'm like i wanted to be able to use trail cameras to help my dad find a bull right absolutely Um, and so now they're i mean so any chance we can get to educate people on e-bikes because it is it is a hot topic for those that don't understand it people that are against e-bikes or thinking, well, they're too fast. They're going to tear up the land or anything like that. No, that's not the case. People that are buying e-bikes aren't wanting to go fast. They're needing assistance. Um, is that the know, biggest true. argument you see is, is them people yeah. with the e-bikes, people are saying, oh, it's going to tear everything up. Yeah. And, and as soon as you say, cause I'm a horse owner as well. As soon as you say, horses tear up trails worse than e-bikes they don't you know they don't have a response to that um because it's true and i have a horse as well and then also when you share with them like the it's the it's the purest mountain bikers that are you know kind of going at it saying we don't want e-bikes up on the trail well these extreme mountain bikers are going 30 40 50 miles an hour down a hill they're fast they're athletic they're really good at what they do people that are buying our e-bikes aren't trying to go 30 40 50 miles an hour they just want a little assistance to just go a little bit further. <laughs> I ain't trying and, to go that fast on a motorcycle, much less a, a, a bicycle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to ask this best I can. Um, if I can pronounce it, how did Baku get its name? Yeah, good, good question. It's not as exciting as you may think. <laughs> so we were backcountry e-bikes 
uh, formerly known as Backcountry E-Bikes. And there's a company out there with a similar name within that name that was supposedly trademarking that name um, and came after us and and uh, was trying to fight off the little guy. And I mean, they got roasted for it. Um, and we just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So we were like, let's just change our name. So we went to Baku and made the C and the K backwards. So, um, yeah, that was it really, yeah, we were backcountry bikes, but it was a great opportunity too. a lot of brands that stand out in the industry are a little bit shorter, a little bit more unique. So let me, and so let me, let me yeah. change that up for you. Next time somebody asks you that question, you tell them there was an ancient Indian tribe out in the great <laughs> state of Idaho that, uh, hunted, uh, excuse me, Utah. Utah. No, tell them Idaho. Are they from you? Tell them wherever you want out there. <laughs> but there was a, there was an Indian tribe out there that were great hunters of elk and mule deer. And the word Baku in their language meant get there faster. <laughs> That's or, what you tell them for now. <laughs> have you ever heard of William Wallace? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. His son first born was Baku and that, that guy's my great grandfather. We could do that. Oh, so you're what is that? Uh, that was is that Irish or? Uh... I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good story though, Bobby. You tell them and just make it a little more exciting. But no, that's pretty neat that y'all <laughs> okay, came up with that. It. Hey, I I, I I was gonna ask this a second ago, but I lost my train of thought. Have you guys looked into going back to the tires? Have you guys looked into the run flat tires? Are you talking about like the the tires that don't have air tubes in them that's correct yeah yeah so there so i guess i'll answer it two different ways there are tubeless tires out there that you Uh do blow air into them you could still blow a tire that way we have looked into those tires and they're out there in the industry we even have some that we're researching and developing right now but they're filled with foam and so to be able to you know run over a thorn and you're not going to lose any pressure that way um no, they're out there. What we experienced, and again, we'll, we'll get there, but what we experienced in the first round is when you hit, let's say you come off of an edge and you you maybe catch a, a, you know, a couple feet of air. Um, that foam is so hard that it was, once you hit the ground really hard, it'll cause the tire to kind of feel like it's a flat tire because that foam hardens right. in the way that it, that, it, that it hits. And so it wasn't, it wasn't giving us a smooth ride. Um, but we're still in the middle of all that. I, I think it's a great idea and it's something that we want to look at doing because we would like to have you guys run over whatever you want to run over and not to worry about it. But yeah, I mean, stay tuned on that. But yeah, that's, that is our next, you know, goal for that. Um, a lot of people, and maybe we just do it as an option, right. For our customers. But a lot of people like that feel of that tube air feel where it's got, it's kind of added suspension but yeah no it's a it's a good idea you have a side cart for one yet <laughs> dude i swear to god if we get an e-bike i will build a side cart you can pedal it and i'll ride beside you that would be awesome so, fred, fred and barney like the foot barney? i ain't pedaling i ain't pedaling i'm just gonna ride drop me off here nick we're here so <laughs> Yeah. You could, dude. You could sit in the trailer, man. Uh, you guys know. Uh, oh, that's you know it. That's Dickinson. it. <laughs> He's only yeah, 150 pounds. He can get in there. <laughs> yeah, well, one of our partners, Elk 101. He, he, he's he's rigged up his uh his folding deer trailer where his his kid will just sit on the trailer while he goes in deep, and uh, it's it's hilarious, man. It's awesome. 
So, so next, it's, it's doable. So next year, talk about it outdoors. Hmm. Nick Wilson and Alex <laughs> headed in for a deep, deep forest journey, and I'm riding the trailer. I was thinking more like the lo- <laughs> local parade. Maybe we might get in <laughs> the Shriners Parade you know, downtown. <laughs> oh, that hey, is I got a awesome. question for you guys, non hunting. I had this argument with Realtree the other day. So, and it blows my mind. He 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 asked me this question. He's like, "Hey, Marsing, when I say." Hey, I'm fixing to get a Coke. Do you want one? And I'll say, what sure. kind? You'll probably say what kind. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say what kind. So he'll say what kind. I'm like, well, you just said a Coke, so give me a Coca-Cola. We say pop and soda. Yeah. So when I say Coke to you guys, you guys are thinking what kind? That means anything, yes. That could be a Dr. Pepper, yeah. a Sprite. <laughs> so that's the weirdest thing, man. <laughs> Well, when you you know what's weird is we went to Arkansas on a coon hunt when I was sixteen, and the lady asked me if I wanted a pop, and I said, "No, ma'am. I, I did I say something I shouldn't have said? I we're thinking a pop's a pop upside the head. <laughs> no, a pop is yes. I'll take a Sprite or Shasta or Coke or root beer or Mountain Dew. What's a Shasta? Oh, That's the same thing. Shasta? You've never had? Oh my gosh. You're killing me. Kiwi, strawberry, blackberry, Shasta. Is that like some carbonated water? It's like, no, it's like before Coke came about, I swear. Shasta's like great-grandfather time. We, we consider that RC Cola here. Yeah, yeah, RC Cola, that's what we call the sh- Wow, I know yeah, I've never heard of a Shasta. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. So, now, let me ask you this. You go out on your bike and you've uh, you've – picked up a game or whatever you've you've got it bringing it back to camp you get it back and when you get back to camp and you're in a remote situation how do you charge that thing yeah so two options that you got i mean people are buying extra batteries and so we do have car chargers as well for these batteries but we also sell a solar panel so you could have it you can lay out the solar panel that we have charge it plug it right into the battery and that's kind of the benefit of having two batteries. So while you're out hunting during the day and all day, you've got a battery back at camp charging off of the solar panel. I didn't think about I mean, that. You just pull the battery out and plug it up in your truck or whatever you're near. Yeah. Yep. And you don't have to remove the battery if you're in an area that you can plug it into a generator or anything like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you're in a remote area, take one of our solar panels up there. Now, tell us about some of the partners you've got involved with. I, I know there's a lot of people that are going to be listening on here that may or may not be following uh, Baku and want to see who you know who you're partnered up with. I know we, we're familiar with that, but who's some of the exciting yeah. names you got that are lined up? Oh, man. Um, some non-hunting ones that are dipping into the hunting. The first one's really real fun. Uh, prime time, good old Dion Sanders. He's got one of oh, our that's bikes. Cool. Watch out now. Yeah, yeah uh, watch out for him. Uh whether you like him or not, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> we love him. We love oh, him. Yeah. We don't yeah, talk we politics do that much, but we, we love him on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Crush, um, Whitetail Fit, uh, Whitetail Fix, Hollywood Hunter. Um, I'm trying to name people out east there. Um, out west, we've got um, Born and Raised Outdoors. The Hush guys have our bikes. Elk 101, Corey Jacobson. Um, we've got uh, uh, a few others that are reaching out to us. We probably have in total about 40, 40 plus partners, Whitetail 
uh, fit is one, um, not fixed, but those guys are ours too that we work with. Um, so yeah, some fun names, carbon TV, uh, Julie, Jules McQueen. Um, and so we just partnered with her as well. Um, a lot of, a lot of sportsman's channel partnerships with a couple outdoor channel partnerships and, uh, duck commander. So Martin with the duck commander, duck dynasty crew, uh, we work with him. Um, he's been really awesome to work with. Uh, I told him I need to get uncle Cy on, on a bike or that would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> It would be amazing, and he's, he's still recovering from COVID, so hopefully we can make that happen. <laughs> I said, dude, I'll get him a teacup holder. Absolutely. I, <laughs> that, I guarantee you that that would be what you just said, yeah. Nick. What, what did he What's say? What's this thing called? So high to hang? That's a car payment. I can hear him now. <laughs> so, And then Major League Bowhunter was one we just uh, uh, partnered up with as well with Matt Duff and, and uh, Chipper Jones. So That's probably one of the biggest names in the southeast as far as hunting uh, goes with us. I mean, it's, you know, we we don't necessarily follow a lot of the out west hunters as much you know we see them on tv and in carbon tv yeah. and and mossy oak go app you know we see them going out there but the one of the biggest things is we see uh with major league bow hunter that was that was pretty exciting when when you told me that the other day when we talked you're like don't yeah. say anything about it yet but these guys just oh, left yeah. and i was like oh man that is that is pretty neat to get on so i i yeah, gotta they- go ahead they just flew out to Utah and did a visit with us and, and they're back out here again right now, snowboarding and just some great guys. Brad Stricker helped that conversation that works with major league bow hunter. And so that was awesome. And then the other big one we have is real tree. Um, our flatlander bikes come in the real tree timber pattern. And so we work really close with Tyler Jordan and those guys, and we sponsor real tree 365 for real tree road trips. And, and so that's been a really awesome partnership with them as well. Now, as far as uh, as far as bikes go, I've, I've got the only story that I can think of, and I'm gonna let Nick tell it. There's a, a famed turkey hunter that's that's local here to us by the name of Lonnie Mabry, and Lonnie uh, had a run-in with the e-bike a couple of years ago with one of our former former guests that was on the show by the name of Dave no. Owens with the Penhody Project. And uh, tell it, tell him, Nick, what what he uh, said about it. Yeah, this this guy's an older gentleman, and he hunted a what we call it, like a public land area here. And he said that he would walk back just to get away from the public. He would walk back on this piece of property about it would take him about an hour and a half to walk back there. So he would get going pretty early. Well, he gets back there, and some young kid comes pulling up on one of those bikes, and he had only been. He said, "How long have you been going?" He said, "About ten or fifteen minutes." <laughs> well, said, i've been walking for hour and a half yeah. to get here <laughs> so that was one of the first stories we had heard of somebody having it here and we ran into a guy in illinois this year while, while hunting on public land that had one and it was taking me about 35 minutes to walk to my stand and you could tell someone had been riding one of those bikes in and he had it loading it up and it was really what got me started into the research around them and, and, and wanting to check into getting an e-bike because, I mean, I ain't, I'm 34 year old, not probably not in the best shape of my life either. And getting the deer in and out from anywhere is, is a challenge for us. It took us about three hours to get a buck I killed out up there whole. So we don't, we don't do the whole cut them up thing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And you know, that's the other thing too, like even prepping, right? Like going out and taking trail cams and checking trail cams. Most of us guys work full time and overtime jobs. So we don't have time. We don't have three hours a night to go and do that type of stuff. So 
I mean, imagine going home from work, throwing the bike in the truck, going and checking your stand or checking your camera and being done within 20, 30 minutes versus I don't have time to go out there at all. So it's, it is, it's a game changer in so many scenarios. It's awesome. Brian, this is going to be kind of a two part question here and, and feel free to answer how you want. What's, what's next for you guys? And have you thought about, have, has the conversation been brought up about maybe looking towards the handicap, um, something for handicapped people or anything like that that you guys might put yeah, out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's been a conversation from the – I appreciate the question. I'm happy to answer. Um, we do. We want to get into those trikes. We want to get into those models that have a seat um, for those people that not you know may not necessarily be able to sit on an actual bike seat. And so we are looking at that, building those types of models. I mean, I have a friend that doesn't have the left arm um, and our throttle and the power buttons on the left side. And so he really wants a bike and we're, we're working right now on, on, you know, I'm trying to figure out how can I move that all to the right side and make it work for him? Cause he can ride a bike. He can drive a motorcycle. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's a big, big area for us as far as helping those that, that have those needs. Um, we, we want to get feedback and, you know, anyone that's interested in these, have them call us, give me a call and, and tell me what they need, you know, and, and I know that try to build something. you probably can't just build one specific for one person, you know? So I, I didn't know if you guys might try to get into the custom, you know, side of it. Yeah. Yeah. We, right now we don't um, have the custom side of it. When, when Baku goes all in on the product, they'll go all in and order a bunch. because we know that it can speak to more than just one person um but in order for us to build the right product we need to research and develop and we need to get that feedback um the other thing that we're working on too is is just partnerships with you know we want to get into local law enforcement partnerships first responders we got a guy down we got a chief down in arizona the that goes out when there's fires and there's people stranded, they have to hike these ridgelines to get people out of there. And he just built a Baku bike um, with a stretcher on it and everything to help get people out off of a bike. And, and so we're getting our creative juices are flowing and we're, we're, uh, we're partnering with some really cool people on the front lines and our first responders. And so you're going to start seeing us build bikes more towards that and military grade type stuff. So it's, it's a, yeah, once one idea pops up, another 10 open up. And uh, and so it's just being able to manage that and get things done in a timely manner. Because it it's a competitive market out there, and, and other companies are probably thinking the same thing. Um, and so, you know, you just got to think ahead and get ahead. So what was that, what was that first part of that question? Was that he, he answered it kind of oh, okay, with, okay. with the um, law enforcement and stuff, just what kind of what's next for them, so – holler at us on that law enforcement side we got a we got a local sheriff down here that might be interested in that he's a follower of the show so might can, tell him to give me a call <laughs> might can work is there any out states there. out there that just don't allow these the hardest state right now that we well one hard state but they've loosened was pennsylvania and they've loosened their laws and so we've been able to get back into pennsylvania there's some big changes there our hardest state right now is oregon um Oregon's been really, really tough, uh, just with timber companies out here and logging roads and stuff like that. They have millions of acres of public land, but a lot of those timber companies own rights and access to them. Washington State, 
is a really tough one too, but I just got on a call yesterday with Washington Game and Fish, um, and they've just there's been a bill submitted to Washington State um, to soften the e-bike laws, um, and so it's it, they are softening the e-bike laws are softening. I think people are really seeing the benefits of them, and you know as soon as you have a non-hunter get upset about an e-bike then you just, you know, you share with them, aren't you guys the ones that want everything to be electric anyways and you're trying to turn our diesel trucks into electric? That's right. <laughs> like, you know, and it's, I mean, then as soon as you share that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I'd expect um, an so e-bike yeah. gives off less emission than a horse does. <laughs> well, oh, I, yeah, I, absolutely. I do feel like if we had a uh, politics session, we could probably get O'Brien back on. Uh, O'Brien could probably come on and talk about it with us. He'd probably have the Ooh, same views. I don't know. Like, don't open up that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> we, try to, we try to leave that alone because we, we, as hunters, we all pretty got much of the same common theme uh, when it comes to it. But we, could, we may have some non-hunters out there that want to listen and educate and that's the biggest thing brian bringing you on and, and talking about the e-bikes is something that you just don't hear about here locally you just don't hear about them there's no stores that sell them they're just they're not here and it's not public knowledge for us to get on and, and hear about the the bikes and that was something as soon as i saw mr john's email i sent him an email and he of course forwarded it to you guys and that was that was you know a great great relationship building uh there getting getting involved talking to you so um, yeah they're 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 a lot of fun and and it's i mean oh, we and you guys are going to see that too with us we're going to start dipping into the non-hunting market as well so we're going to build pages and sites and social media that kind of gears to even the non-hunters i mean a lot of our a lot of our clients and our customers that come in they don't hunt so they hop on a bike and they love the fat tire they love the stability they either live in California or Florida or Maine or Washington and they like to ride the beach trails. And so we kind of see an opportunity there to, to, you know, go, go into that market. And so you're going to see that. I mean, even my wife, she, she hates hunting. She supports me, but I brought the bike home and she's like, thanks for the bike, you know? And so I had to go buy another one. <laughs> so they're just, they're just a lot of fun. Brian, where would be a, a good place for somebody to start shopping for your, uh, for your products? Yeah, the biggest thing, two things. So, baku.com, B A K C O U.com to check out our site. We have videos on there as well. Or go to our YouTube channel, uh, Baku's uh, B A K C O U for our YouTube channel. Um, we're starting to put up videos about our mule and our storm. And then we're going to be putting up one for our Flatlander next week. Um, and we're going to build an app too. We're going to be building an app that shows. Um, you know, we can put up little videos. So like if you're in the back country and you break a chain or something happens to your bike or you need help, we're going to have little videos that will pop up to where you can download and we can walk you through it while you're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, really our site and YouTube. Sounds good. All right, Brian. Um, as we're getting ready to close out, man, here, always end this thing with a couple questions. Um, just going completely off of bikes. What's, what's some advice you might give a, somebody coming up into hunting, man, that, that, that you've learned along the way that you'd like to share? Yeah, I, you know, it's a great question. Um, do it because you love it. Just find, find something that you love and, and stick to it. Don't get caught up with score or size or anything like that. I mean, I, you know, to see someone 
and even myself shoot a spike or a two point because we like to have meat on the table. Um, excites me just as much as shooting a big buck and just focus on what brings you happiness and not, not what you think everyone else is doing means you have to do the same thing. Um, my brother, yeah, he shot a really cool bull last year once in a lifetime and everyone asks him what the score is. And he says, big enough. I don't care what the score is. <laughs> I was go. with my brothers and with my dad and that's all that matters. And then surround yourself with, with like-minded minded people and hunters that, you know, brings joy to your life and you can do the same for them. Um, you know, really at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is finding your happiness in this world. And, and, uh, hunting is a big part of that for me. And, uh, just, you know, my buddy, I, I was asked the question, if you guys had to choose one thing to hunt the rest of your life and you couldn't hunt anything else, what would it be for me? It's elk for a lot of people it'll be whitetail. My buddy said coyote, and I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> Coyotes? And he's like, dude, it's the coolest thing ever. I'm like, good for you. That's awesome. So just that's my yeah. advice, man. Just find something that you love and stick with it, and, and surround yourself with those that like the same thing. Well, it's kind of you kind of covered a little bit too. But what are you most thankful for? Also, oh man, um, just the freedoms that I have. Um, it's been a rough last year for everybody and a lot of people in this world, and being able to go into the outdoors and, and I'm a Christian and believe in a heavenly father and a higher power. And, and so for me being able to go outside in the mountains and go fishing and, and do whatever it is to get me closer to him, it's, it's, that's what brings me the most joy in my life and being with my family and my kids and doing that with them and and going ice fishing and just anything and everything outdoors with my family. Um, and I thank my dad for it. I mean, my dad, raised us hunting and he did it the right way it was the opportunities that he was able to talk to me about things in life and challenges that I'm going through and and you know the hard conversations it was always done in the outdoors out in the woods and uh, I'm always grateful for that and I hope to be able to do the same for my kids appreciate that man appreciate that you didn't yeah. even, you didn't even cover that ice fishing with us alex is sitting over here about teared up you Dude. didn't talk about fishing <laughs> ice fishing every weekend man i've got like four lakes within an hour of me or half an hour and my boys we love it dude it's we catch some awesome trout it's a good time so get out here to utah you're all welcome i ain't going sitting on no cuba <laughs> ice fishing now i'm talking Dude. i like to get in a set of crocs and to go out there on the bass boat i ain't wanting to if it's cold weather i'm thinking about being in a stand or chasing a coyote i ain't that ice fishing my, i've got some buddies up in iowa they do it and they catch some some crazy big fish and i don't see how the in what do you, how do you say a, a a crappy do you say crappie Oh, dude, crappie. Yeah, you're, you're not taking a crap. It's crappie. <laughs> well, see, my buddies down in Florida call them specks. They call them specks. We just had that conversation this weekend. That's my favorite fish to eat. I love to eat speck or crappie or crappie. Crappie is the way we say it out here. So you guys, do you say crick or creek? Creek. 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 No, it's crick. I got oh, a crick in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you say how do you say tire? <laughs> what did you what you don't even word? know what you said <laughs> a, a tire hot a tire no i'm not talking about a tar i'm talking about like a radio tire like a tire uh, <laughs> dude do i so do i honestly have an accent to you guys you do you absolutely guys, when, you, yes. do when you first called me alex when you first called me 
So I served a mission for my church in, in Taiwan, so I learned Chinese. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and when you first called me, I was like, I got to pop my ears and like, I don't know what I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I had to clean that up a little bit next time I call somebody. I'm like, okay, this isn't Chinese. All right. Oh, this is South. All right, I got it. Yeah. Oh, that spit is the cornbread awesome. out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Spit that. Spit that snuff out. Hey, I know you said you're coming to Georgia soon, man. You're gonna you're gonna have a whole new experience. Yeah, you come out here and see. Oh us. God, it's dude. gonna be fun. <laughs> Is that where Real Tree Farms is? Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah, it's yeah. down. It's down south right. of us, yeah, we're, about four hours. Yeah, we're north of Atlanta. They're south of Atlanta. So I can call you guys if I need any translation help. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Give me a call. I'll be glad to translate for you because those guys they they cut from the same cloth we are for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh uh, well, Brian, um, I'm gonna run around the table here and you know see if anybody's got anything, any final words. Uh, That's kind of how we ended out, and you, you you know you hit the nail on the head um, with what you were thankful for. And uh, but Nick, you got anything you want to? No, Brian. Brian, thanks for taking the time out, man. I know you probably got a busy busy life, and you're busy at work, and you got three kids and a wife, and so I'm sure you're busy as anyone else. And I just appreciate you taking the time out. Appreciate you saying what you said about what you're thankful for about. Um, Jesus thanks, Christ Nick. and all that stuff. So thanks a lot yeah. for that, man. James, you. what you got? Yeah, I'd just like to say thanks. Uh, this is obviously all new to me and didn't really know what to expect. And, and uh, Brian, I, I appreciate all your uh, information. Very informative and uh, really eager to learn more about your company. So uh, thanks, for, thanks for letting us know about it. Thank you, James. So, Brian, like I said, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and the, the partnerships that you guys are developing in the industry. It's, it's only going to grow from here for you. I mean – the enthusiasm that you have for the for the outdoors and and what you bring to the table and it's it's so funny when Nick and I started this thing we we kind of ran through a list of of stuff we wanted to do on the show and one of the things we wanted to do was go at the end of it and tell us what we're thankful for and and it's it's so it's so enlightening and and such an invigoration to me and 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 Nick as well when we do these episodes at the end of it when we ask what you're thankful for when people tell us they're thankful for their faith it doesn't matter where we're at in the country because you're I don't know how many hundreds of miles away but to have that same appreciation and thankfulness Mm -hmm. to the good Lord for for what we've been blessed with that's the same way we feel and and for you to share that that's that's what we wanted this platform to be for us to be able to talk about that because we don't hear it enough in today's society And it's it's awesome to awesome to hear that, and for you to for you to still have your dad out there hunting with you and be able to take your kids. I was taking mine the other day, coyote hunting. I went to Tennessee hunting, and I got home, and he I said, "What do you want to do?" He said, "I want to go call a coyote because I'd sent my wife a picture of the coyote I'd killed it killed up there." And uh, he was like, "I want to go try to call a coyote," and I'm like, "Let's go, you know, let's let's get out there, yeah. whatever we can do." So that's awesome, and yeah. I sure appreciate you sharing that that side of it because it's not all about business to us it's it's about finding that root thankfulness for us that's what we want well i appreciate it and you know like i we're we're a family i we i mean we believe that we're all brothers and sisters on this on this earth and you know in different walks of life and there's enough negativity out there and sometimes we go down rabbit holes with business and life and we make ourselves so busy that we forget about the priority and what's most important. And at the end of the day, like I want to live with my heavenly father and Jesus Christ and my family for the rest of my life, like for eternity. And that's what we believe in. And that's what we know is true. And, and so, you know, if I can, again, building your relationships, it's not because you're famous or you're not famous. 
it's because I like you yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. and, and God, and God loves you. And, and so if that's the focus and that's the true intent, you know, then we can all have a, a good journey along the way and, and build each other up. Yeah, and I, and I was serious at the beginning of this episode. I'm probably even more serious now. When you get ready to uh, to jump on board and come out here to Georgia, you you hit me up and uh, we'll we'll line something up. We're gonna we're gonna have to have a Midwest tour in in Georgia for you guys out there. Get a couple of them out and put you guys up because I I guarantee you we'll have fun. If, if we may not kill nothing, but we are gonna have fun. Do you guys do any shows well, we, out? Do you guys do any shows out this way, Brian? Um, I'm not sure about Georgia. Like, I, honestly, I welcome to me being in the Utah bubble. We were going to go to the Iowa Deer Classic. I don't even know how far that is from Georgia. It's uh, 15 and a half hours from where we're sitting right here because I drive it every year. <laughs> Perfect. So, like, that that's one of the shows we do. Um, but, yeah, once COVID kind of goes away, we're, we'll, we'll get out there and do some more shows around your guys' area, and we'll definitely be in touch. But, yeah, I, I would love to have a tour so I can go have a Coke. Let you know what I want. Go fish a creek. <laughs> well, we'll take and, you on a uh, lake if you come out here. We'll put you on a pond at, at least. Perfect. Oh, perfect. Man. Yeah, teach me your ways. So again, no, thank you guys, and and it's been it's been a, a wonderful opportunity that all of us at Baku were super super grateful that you reached out to us. So we we really do appreciate it. We definitely look forward to conversations in the future with you. I wish you all the best of luck on whatever endeavors are coming up with you. I, I, I hope that you and I can continue to have conversations and, you know, share pictures of what's going on. These boys is getting ready to tune up these uh, thunder chickens and them turkeys in the southeast, and uh, I'm going to be hitting the big pond. So if you catch any big trout or get on anything you want to share pictures of, make sure you send them because uh, we definitely want to see that stuff. Absolutely. You betcha we will. All right, Brian. Well, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we'll be talking soon. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. See you. All right, everybody. That was Brian Marsing with Baku. Um, It's an e-bike company that's based in Utah. It's a. uh, It's a. It goes a lot further than that, though. And you know, when I first reached out to Brian, um, it was like he said he couldn't understand me, and I told him I couldn't understand the guy from Italy, and I bet he he thought he was talking to somebody from way off. So. It was definitely interesting to get to talk to him and see what he uh, see what he brought to the table and uh, see what Baku can do for uh, for the hunting community because as we continue along, it's gonna it's only gonna evolve from there. So it was it was neat to talk with him. Yeah, it was. I thought that was pretty cool. Sharp looking bikes. Oh, they're 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 nice bikes. They're they're beyond anything that I probably will ever will ever be able to uh, to get out there on. I hope one day I can. Is that Riley um, Green on one? I don't know. Is that him? <laughs> Might be. Is he from Riley Green from Georgia? I think he's from Alabama. Alabama. Well, I hope he ain't an Alabama fan. So, didn't even ask him what football team he pulled for. I don't know if Utah has one or not. Sure, he's BYU. That could be. But I, I can tell you what, BYU or not, uh, Alabama or not, the boy can uh, to, can flat talk about it. And he's our same age. I mean, he's the same age as us. And, you know, talking about his dad getting out there on that bike, that was awesome. I'm, I'm glad he shared that with us. And, hey – at the end of it all, he hit the nail on the head for what we're continuing to strive for to find out what people are thankful for, and it's just a common core of what all, what we're all thankful for. So uh, we can't thank you enough for tuning in this episode. we got some good things coming up right here in the near distant future. Cody will be back with us soon. He's been out there playing on snow sleds and everything else. He's been texting me tonight, and he's been like, oh, goodness, I wanted to be there tonight. And I, hey, we miss you, buddy. So come on back and be with us. Nick, anything? I'm good, man. James, what you got? I'm good. I appreciate the opportunity, fellas. Hey, 
Y'all stay tuned uh, for the next episode. It's going to drop because we're going to put old James Turner on the spot and find <laughs> out what he's all about. So we appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure you check, check us out on all our social media platforms. Follow along and be with us when you can. So with that being said, I'm going to remind you to smile as you go and don't forget, mount the memories. <laughs>